Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. Nothing feels as good as making others feel good. Those so-called feel-good holiday films? They can't hold a gingerbread-scented candle to the feeling of giving them something that gives them all the feels. Make this December one to remember. Together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. And with that breaking news, here's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. We are going to cover our MLB preview with the AL and NL Central. Then we're going to go to the Final Four and talk about what's coming up this weekend. And we'll close out the episode with some football talk. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. From Belly Up Stover. Hey, good looking. What you got cooking? How's about cooking? Something up Welcome into a brand new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast. I'm your host, Vince Stover, joined as I am most episodes by my dad, Dale Stover. Dad, how you doing? Doing good, doing good. Good to be here. Dad, today's episode is presented by Shocked Energy, brand new sponsor of the Sports Stove Podcast. Shocked Energy is a uh, powder that you put into water, shake it up, and giving you all day energy. It's low carb and no sugar energy. That's right. Low carb, no sugar. You can find it at shockedenergy.com. And if you use the code STOVE, S-T-O-V-E, you get 10% off your purchase. The flavors are watermelon and green apple. So there you go. Shocked Energy, shockedenergy.com. And the code STOVE will get you 10% off your purchase. All right, Dad, we got plenty to talk about tonight. Uh, we're going to start off continuing our Major League Baseball preview. And today we're looking at the Central Division. And then we'll get to the latest news in the NFL and, of course, the NCAA Final Four. Uh, hard to believe they're still playing the tournament after all the good teams exited. But uh, nonetheless, here we sit. Let's get right into it so we have plenty of time. Make sure we get it all, all in today. Uh, we'll start with the American League Central, Dad. Uh, we're going to start with Chicago White Sox. Chicago White Sox won 93 games last year. Their projected lineup is shortstop Tim Anderson, center fielder Louis Robert, uh, first baseman Jose Abreu, third baseman Yoan Moncada, left fielder Eloy Jimenez, catcher Yasmani Grandal, designated hitter Gavin Sheets, 
Second baseman, Josh Harrison, and right fielder, Lurie Garcia. There are five pitchers in the rotation. Lance Lynn, Lucas Gialato, Gialito, uh, Dylan Cease, Dallas Keuchel, Michael Kopech. And then they've got uh, their closers, Liam Hendricks, and they got a setup guy as well, Craig Kimbrell, as far as uh, good bullpen guys go. And uh, this is an interesting team, Dad. They, they had a lot of success last year in the regular season. Um, did not have a, a great end of the year, but they've got a lot of young talent on this team with a few savvy vets mixed in. What do you think about this White Sox team? Looks like they should be really good. Like you said, they really started out good last year, did kind of fizzle at the end. They were able to, uh, of course, do well in their division. But, yeah, it looks like they've got a really good team, um, really stacked, and I think you know they'll be one of the, by far the best team in the division and could be one of the better teams uh, in the American League. They sure have potential. Like you said, they have young players, so that's a help. Yeah, I mean, they got some really <laughs> talented young guys. And then again, some really talented old guys. What's your thoughts on Jose Abreu? And I kind of look at him, you know, we, we think fantasy, but even in real life, he's, I mean, he's getting up there in age. Uh, do you trust what he can do for this team this year? Well, I think you could because I think he's one of those veterans that, you know, can play a long time and has stayed at a good level and um, have been able to. Yeah, at some point he's, he will not be as good, but I'm sure he provides a lot of um you know, a lot of security in some ways for the team, maybe in leadership. And um, I would think he could still have a, have a very productive year. Yeah, really solid rotation, too, and, and a good bullpen. It seems to set Chicago up for success this year. Let's talk some fantasy value on these guys. Tim Anderson's one of the top-rated shortstops in fantasy baseball, but I'm not a Tim Anderson guy. Uh, he's one of those guys who over and over again proves me wrong. But I'm sticking with that. I'm, I'm not going for Tim Anderson. I don't love Tim Anderson on my team. Uh, what are your thoughts of Tim Anderson as a fantasy guy? Well, I've always been a big Tim Anderson guy. I've had him on my team for several years, and he has always been a help. You know, he's had a little bit of injury issue, but when he comes back, um, he's a good hitter, provides power. And um, I, like I said, it's interesting. He's probably ranked a little higher this year than he's been in yeah. fantasy. And I think it's because, again, I've always liked him, and he's done real well for me. So to me, he's a very safe guy to have. Yeah, and and I think one of the reasons his value is up this year as far as he's being picked earlier and being ranked higher is the, the lineup behind him. He's got a really solid offensive lineup behind him. Uh, Fantasy-wise, who do you like better, Louis Robert or Eloy Jimenez? Um. Robert is is ranked higher. I wanted to get him before. I've not been able to, and I would. But again, Jimenez, they both have great potential there. Probably I'd go with Robert, but either one probably would help you a lot. I was wondering if you were going to answer the question, but you did. You did finally get to it with Robert ahead of him. <laughs> I I tend to lean towards Jimenez a little bit, but I think both of them are solid guys. Uh, I think uh, some people are going to reach. And take those guys maybe a little above their their uh, value this year. So you may not get them unless you reach for them uh, this year. And then Yasmani Grandal, a catcher. He's been around for a, a while, played for multiple teams, and a very solid uh, offensive catcher. He's he's a switch hitter, so he can you know he's he's valuable from either side of the plate, and uh, and he's pretty solid. But he's not one of the top. Well, in my opinion, he's not one of the top tier catchers as far as you got to get him. Um, uh, what's your feelings on Grandall at the catcher position? 
I mean, it looks like he's probably the top catcher in the second second wave. You've got the top yeah. two or three, four guys, and then he's probably the next one you want to get. I could agree with that. Uh, which pitcher you like from Chicago, if any? Uh, Cease. Yeah, me too. Is that a quick enough answer for you? Okay. Thank you. Yes. I, yeah, we didn't beat around the bush that time. Uh, <laughs> we, only, we only have an hour program, Dad. Um, Dylan Cease is the guy I like as well. I uh, he's he's still as everything that I have been able to find. He's going to be number three in the rotation, and I'm not happy about that. But uh, as far as fantasy goes, you want him you want him to get a little earlier in the rotation, but. That being said, I like I like what he gives and and a very very good pitcher as well. Uh, I don't like to talk much about closers, but Liam Hendricks is a guy. If you're going to go go for a closer, he's one of the top guys you got to get there as well. Dad, the uh, win total for Chicago is set at ninety one and a half. Last year they won ninety three. The win total set at ninety one and a half. Do you go over or under ninety one and a half for Chicago? I would go over. Yeah, I think so. I think I'm with you on that one too. That the division is actually pretty weak, um, so they should have a lot of success there. And uh, and I'm with you on that one as well. All right, let's move on to the Cleveland Guardians. I cannot. It's going to be hard to remember Guardians, Dad. I, it's, that's I'm going to struggle with that one. But nonetheless, here they are, the Cleveland Guardians. 80 wins last season, but boy, they don't look that great this year. Their lineup, center fielder Miles Straw, shortstop Ahmed Rosario, third baseman Jose Ramirez, uh, DH Franmil Reyes, first baseman Bobby Bradley, left fielder Stephen Kwan, second baseman Andres Jimenez, uh, catcher Austin Hedges, right fielder Bradley Zimmer. Their pitching rotation, Shane Bieber, Cal Quint- uh, Quantrill, uh, Zach Plezak, Aaron Savali, and Tristan McKenzie. Closer Emmanuel Kloss is one of the uh, top-ranked closers in fantasy baseball and in real baseball as well. Dad, the pitching staff looks okay. The The offense, though, scares me a lot with this team. What are your thoughts on the Cleveland Guardians? I would, I mean, I agree with you. They look up and down the lineup. It doesn't have a, a lineup that scares you starting the season. That's for sure. So mm-hmm. I would think um, they could struggle a little bit to get going. Again, um, you know, they may bring up someone that's real good and, and somebody surprises, but their, their lineup does look a little weak. Why their pitching is pretty good, like you said. Yeah, I mean, I look at the lineup. Jose Ramirez and Fran Reyes are kind of the only two guys that I look at that I go, oh, man, those guys are dangerous. Everybody else doesn't worry me at all. Miles Straw had some, uh, you know, some expectation in the last couple of years, but hasn't really, in my opinion, turned out. But you look at Bieber. Uh, I like Bieber. I like Plezak. I like Savali. And I like McKenzie fine. I'm not a big fan of Cal Quantrill, but that's just me um, on there. Let's talk fantasy value. Who do you like for Cleveland? Well, um, like you said, R- Ramirez and Reyes are the two guys probably that you're looking at there. <clears throat> Some people do ha- do um, have straw up high as far as stolen bases are concerned, so there might be some value there. And um, <clears throat> pitchers, you know, I like Bieber. I was lucky enough to get him. Um, as he was just kind of coming up and be able to keep him, he's been very valuable. And um, I hopefully he's recovered. You know, he was out a lot last year, but I think he would do well. And like you said, um, I, I you pronounced it, Kloss, uh, the reliever, um, you know, 
if you want a reliever, he's probably a good guy to look at. Yes, yeah, he is. And I said this in the last episode. I'll say it again in this one. I will mis- mispronunciate many names in the Major League Baseball preview. <laughs> the baseball names are hard for me to get. <laughs> There's so many of them, it's hard to look up all the pronunciations correctly. But uh, I am fairly confident that Claus is how you say how you say that one. Cleveland uh, won 80 games last year. Their win total this year is 76 and a half. You go over or under 76 and a half for Cleveland. I would go under with them, I believe. You know, originally I would agree with you. Again, though, I look at this this division, and it's not a good division. <laughs> but I think I'm going to go under as well still with Cleveland. Um, they've got the potential to surprise because of their pitching staff. Um, and and we'll see if any of these, these other bats can get going this year. Wouldn't surprise me if Jose Ramirez gets traded at some point during the season, and uh, they kind of rebuild there as well. Uh, Let's move on to the Detroit Tigers. Uh, 77 games they won last year. Uh, Their lineup is an interesting one, Dad. Left fielder Akil Badu, uh, and I think I'm saying that wrong. Right fielder Robbie Grossman. Shortstop Javier Baez. Third baseman Jaimer Candelario. Second baseman Jonathan Scoop. Designated hitter Miguel Cabrera. I can't believe he's still playing. Center fielder Riley Green. First baseman Spencer Torkelson. And catcher Tucker Barnhart. The pitching staff is Eduardo Rodriguez, Casey Mize, Tariq Scooball, Matt Manning, Michael Pineda, and the closer Gregory Soto. Uh, Dad, this team has not been good for a while, but they brought in some interesting guys, mainly Javier Baez here in the offseason. What do you think about this Tigers team? Well, I think, you know, again, they, they blew it up a couple of years ago and are rebuilding. I know they have some young players that are good. It seems like they could be a team headed in the right direction. I don't know that they're going to really challenge a lot this year, but I think they could. They, they, I think they'd be a team that should be on the upswing. Yeah, Kiel Badu, he had, was high expectations last year, underachieved. But in spring training so far, he's been pretty decent. And if he's batting leadoff, there's some value and the the young bat there. Javier Baez should still get some numbers there as well. You look at fantasy value. First baseman Spencer Torkelson is actually a guy that I'm in on, one of the few Tigers that I'm in on. He's batting very low in the order, so that one scares me off. So it might be a guy I just have on my watch list uh, as a pickup as the season goes on. But he's a name that I think will bring some fantasy value at some point this year as well. You look at the pitching staff. Casey Mize is the guy that most people will look at. And he's the only one that I look at as well. Eduardo Rodriguez has has some good stuff. Uh, will it will it come through fantasy value wise? I'm not sure. Uh, who are the fantasy guys you like on Detroit? Um, like I said, Baez is the main guy. Um, Badu and I didn't know how to pronounce that, so um, I I picked him up right away last year because he when he first came up he he was quite the home run hitter. Then, then he went down to the minors and I dropped him when he came back up, I picked him up at the end. So I, I'm, he seemed like he has great potential. I think that's good there. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> also, um, you know, Shoop, I think is serviceable. I don't think he's a star, but he can, he's a guy that maybe can fill your lineup if you need it. And I don't know if they have any pitchers you're real interested in. Yeah. What about Miguel Cabrera? I, you know, he's old, uh, been around a long time. DH and still, uh, does he have any value in your in your opinion? No, I think he's near the end of his career, so I, I wouldn't start out with him. Okay, uh, Detroit, 
They won 77 last year. Their win total this year, 78 and a half. A little bump from last year, over or under 78 and a half for Detroit. I would go up. I would go over with them. I don't think it'll be by much, but I think they'll be improved. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Okay, I'm going to go under on this one. I don't know that there's enough there, um, but, uh, you know, we'll see. I think that number is pretty close to being correct, in my opinion. Uh, Kansas City Royals, they've got an interesting lineup. Uh, right fielder Whit Merrifield, third baseman Bobby Witt Jr., catcher Salvador Perez, left fielder Andrew Benintendi, first baseman Carlos Santana, designated hitter Hunter Dozier, shortstop Adalberto Mondesi, uh, center fielder Michael Taylor and second baseman Nicky Lopez. And their pitching staff, they bring back Zach Grinke. They got Brad Keller, Brady Singer, Chris Bubik, and Carlos Hernandez. The closer will be Scott Barlow. Uh, the top of this order, mainly the top three guys, Merrifield, Witt, and Perez, are getting a lot of attention fantasy-wise. But can it re- turn into anything good in real-life baseball for Kansas City? Um, you know, again, it looks like a team that could be improving. I think they improved a little bit last year, potentially. Um, <clears throat> but I don't know, you know, from there, like I said, they do have, so it looks like they have some talent. And you're right. Fantasy wise, there are people interested in them. So again, they could be a team like the Tigers that would be improving. A part of it will depend on the division. Um, you know, if Cleveland does well, then these teams are going to be hurting. Um, but if they can get their wins against the Guardians and that, then that will help them also. So the Royals could could be a little bit improved. They do have some good fantasy players. All right, let's talk about the fantasy players. You were a big Mundesi guy there for a while. Are you still still in on him? Um, I, I let him go last year. So I, I have noticed, you know, I've not been as big on him just because really I, I had, um, I got, um, the shortstop Anderson and to me, he, he was better. Um, but again, he's a guy, if he's around at the right spot in the draft, he can definitely help you. I know in our league, somebody picked him up and he really helped them last year, I believe. Uh, Salvador Perez, is he your number one catcher in fantasy value or no? Yes, yes. It looks like he definitely is the number one catcher. Okay. Uh, Bobby Witt Jr. Everybody's all in on Bobby Witt Jr. He's going to play third base. It looks like this year may still get some shortstop action as well. Obviously, young, exciting prospect coming in. Uh, you know, he's he seems to be the real deal. How early are we going after Bobby Witt Jr.? Well, again, if he has, um, you know, if he's listed in a couple of different positions, that really helps. 
and yep. that helps him. So again, I don't know that he'll slide too far as you get around the middle, you know, as you look and see if he's there, then he's probably a safe guy. You know, if you need a third baseman or a shortstop and he qualifies there. And Whit Merrifield, he's kind of that guy every year, consistent fantasy value. I, he's a guy that I pass on every year again. Um, and every time I do, I think, you know what, next time, next time I come around to my pick, I'm going to pick him up and then somebody else will take him. So, uh, uh, he's gotta be the most solid. I, I think he's probably the most solid Kansas city fantasy value. Although Whit could possibly surpass him. Some people might even have Perez above him, but I think Whit Merrifield's probably the best fantasy player on this Kansas city team. Yes, very well could be true. You know, he's one that I've seen rated high every year, and to me, he hasn't quite lived up to that, but he has great potential, and I think he's listed at several positions also. Yeah, he usually has some multiple eligibilities and everything like that. I'm going to look up something real quick, but while I do that, um, let's see here. Kansas City, 74 wins last year. Their, Their win total this year is set at 76 wins, so a slight bump there. Are you going over or under uh, 76 wins for Kansas City? Um, I'll go I'll go over just a little bit again with them. Yeah, I will also. I think Kansas City's a team. Pitching is what scares me on this team, but uh, I think they can go over that. Uh, Whit Merrifield last year, Dad, 74 RBIs, 10 home runs. Uh, his big numbers, the stolen bases, 40 stolen bases. Uh, last season. So uh, he definitely gives you some value just depending on what you're looking for there. Another, All right, let's get to- another guy that looked good last year with him was Ben Attendee, who had always had great potential with the Red Sox. And it seemed like he had, you know, he's a guy that has potential. Okay. Potential. I will agree with you on. Let's look at his numbers last year. Um, where did it go? Uh, all right. 30. No. There it is. 17 home runs. 73 RBIs, eight stolen bases, 36 walks as well. So a little bit of value, but he's a late value guy, not a not early. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. um, okay, Minnesota, last one in the AL Central, the Twins. 73 wins last year. They've definitely made some improvements this year. Center fielder Byron Buxton, DH Luis uh, Areyes, shortstop Carlos Correa, second baseman Jorge Polanco, first baseman Miguel Sano. Right fielder, Max Kepler. Catcher, Gary Sanchez. Left fielder, Alex Karloff. Third baseman, Gio Urshela. The pitching staff, Sonny Gray, Dylan Bundy, Bailey Ober, Joe Ryan, and Lewis Thorpe. The closer is Taylor Rogers. Uh, Minnesota, a team that, uh, you know, tried to do something this year, and they've got some young guys, Karloff uh, included in that. Uh, What do you think about this Minnesota team? Well, you know, they were a big disappointment last year. I know when we talked about them, you know, they were close to ranked to winning the division and they really went downhill, but they have picked some guys up and, um, you know, some guys have been good in the past. If I remember right, Sanchez has been a very good catcher in the past and, um, you know, different ones there. The pitching staff, again, they have a couple guys that are, you know, veterans from other teams. Be interesting to see, will they have a good year again? They've had good years before. Sonny Gray, of course, is from where we're from in Tennessee, so we know him. Uh, Bundy was highly ranked at one time. So um, I think this is a real question mark team, but, you know, they have potential to to um, potentially be improved. Yeah, potential is the key word here with the with the Twins. They 
they could be good or they could be bad. It's going to be uh, interesting to see how this one shakes out. I have no confidence in this team. I uh, look at fantasy value. Uh, if I remember right, you're a Byron Buxton guy. I cannot stand Byron Buxton on my fantasy team. Uh, but I know that he gives you some some things, stolen bases in particular, not healthy very often either. But uh, uh, you've got him, Carlos Correa. I am in on Carlos Correa. Uh, Gary Sanchez, he's had some okay years in the Yankees. Uh, he's also had some bad years with the Yankees, hence the reason they traded him. Same with Urshela there. You're not really sure what, what will be of him. But again, a team of potential. They, these This is a team that maybe comes up with massive fantasy value throughout this season, depending on how things shake out. Who do you like uh, fantasy-wise there with Minnesota? Well, like you said, um, you know, Korea, Palenko, Buxton all have potential there. Buxton usually, like I said, a big stolen base guy. And, again, I'll be interested. Won't take them real real high, but keep a definite eye on Sonny Gray and Bundy, uh, you know, as far as being solid starters. Yeah, if they win games, Taylor Rogers, the closer, will be a very solid closer but they got to be in the position for him to get saves. If they're in the position, he'll get them. Uh, so he's a definitely a closer to watch for as well. You might be able to get him lower than a lot of uh, you know the high-end guys like the haters and Hendricks and things like that. Um, Minnesota, 73 wins last year. Over-unders at 80 wins this year. You go over-under 80 wins for Minnesota. Uh, I think the safe thing is to say under at this point. Interesting. Safe. Do I want to be safe or not, Dad? Uh, I'm going to go over, again, looking just at the weakness of the division. I don't think Detroit's going to be great. I don't think Kansas City's going to be great. I don't think Cleveland's going to even be good. Uh, so I'm going to go over with Minnesota's 80 there as well. Uh, who's your pick to win the AL Central? The White Sox. Yeah, that's a, a given. If they don't win, it'll be a massive disappointment for sure. Speaking of massive disappointments, let's go to the National League and the Chicago Cubs. Uh, the Cubs, 71 wins last year. Their lineup is a bunch of guys that you probably haven't heard a whole lot of. Uh, center fielder, Rafael Ortega. First baseman, Frank Schwindel. Uh, catcher, Wilson Contreras. Left fielder, Ian Hopp. Right fielder, Seiya Zazuki. Designated hitter, Patrick Wisdom. Third baseman, Jonathan Villar. Shortstop, Andrelton Simmons. And second baseman, Nick Madrigal. Their pitching staff is Marcus Stroman, Kyle Hendricks, Wade Miley, Alec Mills, and Drew Smiley. These are the old fellers in this pitching staff. Closer is Rowan Wick or David Robertson, uh, one of those two. It looks like Wick's going to get that, but Robertson might steal some saves there as well. All right, Dad, I am not biased when it comes to – or I am biased, I guess, when it comes to the Cubs in a bad way. I don't, don't like them. And I don't see a whole lot of positive in them this year. What do you think about these Cubs? Well, they've definitely, you know, made the commitment last year to get rid of everybody and to rebuild. So, uh, you know, I don't think they will be able to rebuild a lot this year. Again, anytime you got a team that works with a lot with young players, you always have potential for two or three guys to come up. But the division area is not going to not gonna help them. And see, there are some teams that are not strong, but you have – two real strong teams. So um, I, I wouldn't, ex- I wouldn't expect them to go real high. They got so young in so many spaces, but their pitching staff, I mean, it's the geezers over there. Wade Miley, Kyle Hendricks, uh, Stroman's not that old drew smiley. I mean, it's just not a young staff. It doesn't give me a whole lot of hope for them to be good. Fantasy wise, dad, do you like any of the young guys on this Cubs team for fantasy? 
Oh, I, I don't know a lot about him, but I know Suzuki is highly ranked, so or, or fairly high ranked, so I think he's got to keep an eye on. And then you don't know how Contreras is going to do. There was times when he was one of the first catchers you wanted to get, so don't know where he'll go there either. That's about the only two fantasy guys I, I would look at right off. And again, they're one of those teams, like we talked last week, once the season starts, you want to keep an eye on them because somebody may, you know, might start to shine. Contreras is the one guy I'm pretty big on, actually. Uh, he's batting third in the lineup, so he's going to have a lot of plate appearances. And when you're talking about catchers, plate appearances is a pretty big deal. And uh, so I think Contreras is actually a really good fantasy get. I had him ranked, uh, I think, third catcher in my uh, fantasy rankings. I don't have that in front of me right now, but on Belly Up Fantasy Baseball Live, you can go listen to that podcast and catch our catcher rankings. But uh, I like him a lot. Patrick Wisdom is a guy I'm keeping an eye on. I'm not drafting him, but I'm keeping an eye on him uh, and see to see what he does. Frank Schwindel kind of the same way there as well. But I'm avoiding this pitching staff with everything that I have. The Cubs, 71 wins last year. The win total this year, 73 over or under, 73 for Chicago. Um, I would go under 73. Yeah, I think – I think. Uh, well, <sighs> That's a hard one. Um, I'm going to go over slightly, like 74, 75, somewhere in that range uh, from there. They got too much young talent there to be that bad. Uh, so we'll see how that one shakes out. Um, all right, Cincinnati Reds. I am a well-known Cincinnati Red uh, critic. Uh, <laughs> I told you all last year they weren't as good as their record. They stink, and they did. Uh, last year they won 83 games, a surprise for many second baseman, Jonathan India will lead the way for him this year. Right fielder, Tyler Naquin, first baseman, Joey Votto catcher, Tyler Stevenson, third baseman, Mike Moustakis, left fielder, Tommy fan designated hitter, Colin Moran shortstop, Kyle Farmer and the center fielder, Nick Senzel. And they've got a lot of guys, uh, that will play that are coming off the out of off the bench, I guess, technically. Uh, pitchers, Tyler Malley, Luis Castillo, Mike Miner, Vladimir Gutierrez, and Tony Santillan. Uh, Santillan, Santillan? I'm not sure how you say that. Closer, Art Warren. The bullpen was so devastatingly bad last year, and then they got rid of most of their good players here this offseason. Cincinnati's left now to rebuild, but I'm not sure if they have a team that's ready to rebuild. What are your thoughts on the Reds? Yeah, I agree with you. I don't know if they're ready to rebuild. You know, I'm up here where there's a lot of Reds fans. People were jumping off the ship very quickly. And basically, when you ask Red fans how they're going to do, they say, boy, those Bengals are good. And that's where everybody's rallying around. And so I, I'm not, I don't think anybody's expecting a whole lot. People are all in on Jonathan India. Everyone, because he had a great rookie year, uh, definitely played phenomenal ball. But the lineup around him is much worse than last year. What are your thoughts on Jonathan India? Can he carry this team at all? Um, I think he'll have a good year. Um, he should be able to, like you said, he played really well last year. I watched him play a lot. Um, and, um, I was lucky to get him on my team and I kept him in our keeper league and I'm, I'm hoping he will have a good year. You're right. The team is weak around him. So that may affect things. Yeah. I am staying clear of Jonathan India. Basically though, it's not because I think he's going to have a bad year so much. I think he's going to be overdrafted. I don't think he's going to live up to his draft status. 
And uh, and I don't think it's going to be all on him. I just think when you're talking about runs scored, RBIs, those kinds of things, you got to have some help for those things. And he doesn't have it on this team. So although he'll be the best player on the team, I'm staying away from him. Uh, Fantasy-wise, Dad, who who do, do you like anybody on this team other than Jonathan oh, India? I like India. Otherwise, no, I, I I really don't. I don't think Votto's a guy you can you know trust at all anymore. And um, none of the just always want to stay away from the pitchers. So at this point, there wouldn't be anybody to look at early. Yeah, no, definitely not early. Tyler Stevenson again, a guy I like at catcher. He's he's also eligible at first base, uh, so it gives you a little bit of flexibility there as well. But um, I, I, I definitely watching him, and then kind of that that back end of the order um, the outfielders. They're gonna they're gonna bring in some different guys. They've got some talent that has underachieved to this point, but you got to watch that. Tyler Naquin, he started off hot last year too. Uh, we'll see what happens with him, but but I'm pretty much avoiding the Reds with the exception of Tyler Stevenson. If he's just laying there for me to get later, and I don't have a catcher. Uh, but you're right about the pitchers. I'm staying clear of those guys as well. The Reds, 83 wins last year. Their win total is 73 and a half this year. Are you going over or under 73 and a half? I mean, that's a low number, but I'll still go under. Yeah, I'm going under too. I think the Reds are going to be miserable this year uh, for <laughs> sure. All right, let's get to the Milwaukee Brewers. This is the team I cheer for, so I can lean a little heavy on the Brewers, but let's take a look at them. 95 wins last year. Their lineup this year projected is second baseman Colton Wong, shortstop Willie Adamas, left fielder Christian Yelich, DH Andrew McCutcheon, first baseman Rowdy Telez, right fielder Hunter Renfro, uh, catcher Omar Narvaez, center fielder Lorenzo Kane, third baseman Jace Peterson is uh, set to start. Louis Reyes is injured and will not start the season. He would be the normal third baseman there as well. Uh, the pitching rotation is loaded. Corbin Burns, Cy Young winner from last year. Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta, Adrian Hauser, Eric Lauer. And then the closers, Josh Hader, and they've got a setup man in Devin Williams, who is very good as well. Uh, Dad, I'll give my thoughts, but go ahead and give your thoughts on the Brewers. Well, I mean, again, they're, you know, they're, they're a good team in a weak division. So they should do well. Um, from there, they should, you know, they've got some great players and, um, it'd be a very disappointing season for them if they don't do well. And again, part of it is they've got three pretty bad teams in their division. Yeah. The other part is they have three great pitchers. <laughs> I mean, yes, Burns, uh, are, are maybe the best top three in the league. Uh, you look at the Mets, they've got a pretty solid top three. Uh, but uh, I think Milwaukee's right there. Um, you know, you look at some guys last year, uh, Willie Adamas comes over in a trade. He was phenomenal when he came over. Kelton Wong, they signed last year as a free agent. He was great for him as well. Yelich had a down year last year. He was injured for much of the year, but even when he was healthy, things weren't right. They had high hopes for Keston Hira. And he completely flopped last year going to the minors. Uh, he's had a good spring. And so we'll be interested to see if he gets some run. They're even talking about playing him some in the outfield. Um, but uh, you want to stay away from him at this point as well. Dad, when we look at the fantasy value, the pitchers are there. Burns, Woodruff, Peralta, Josh Hader uh, as a closer, and Devin Williams as a setup guy. Um, and honestly, Hauser, uh, they're the number four pitcher. He's a guy that, late uh, or even as you get started in your season and you need a pitcher, he's going to be a guy that you can add with some confidence. He's not going to hurt you. 
but on the offensive side of the ball, who do you like fantasy wise? Um, again, you know, you've got the pitchers you want to look at there. You have Yelich, you have, I think you said he pronounced it Adamas. Uh, he's high ranked. And again, I think if you need an outfielder, Renfro's a guy to look at. Okay. I'm glad you said that because I am not a fan of Hunter Renfro. But that being said, it's a good park uh, for Hunter Renfro to hit in. So maybe he ends up being good. Uh, I'm a little worried about it. Yelich is a guy I am crazy high on Christian Yelich this year. He had such a bad year last year. People are ranking him so low. And again, I know a Brewers fan, so I'm curious, Dad. I, I've talked with on our fantasy show about this, but not with you. Where where do you have Yelich at? I mean, is he, you know, what's your expectation for him this year? Um, I think as you look at outfielders, again, he would be right there in the middle of the second tier. After the top guys, you know, um, you won't pass on him too long after you've already got at least one or so outfielders. Okay. Uh, interesting. Uh, let's say you were picking fourth in a draft on Sunday. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you are. Uh, I'm really intrigued to see where he goes in our draft uh, on this Sunday. Um, Andrew McCutcheon comes I, over. I don't think he'll go in the fourth pick. No, no, no. I, I don't think he will either. No, I, don't, I don't expect him to go in the first couple rounds. I'm just curious. Like I said, I don't know where other people have him. How long can I wait before I take him? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Um, uh, Andrew McCutcheon comes over. DH, he's had a really good spring as well. Again, a good ballpark for him. And he's hit uh, in Pittsburgh for years as well. So there's experience there too. So uh, the Brewers, they won 95 games last year. Their win total this year is 90 games. You go over or under 90 for Milwaukee. Uh, I would go over. Yeah, me too. And you said it. There's three bad teams in the division. St. Louis is really the only team that's going to challenge them. And uh, I, I'm over 90 wins as well. This is a make or break year for Milwaukee. You got the pitching staff. Uh, you got to go out and win games, and they got to get to the World Series this year as well. Um, all right, Pittsburgh Pirates, they're bad. Uh, 61 wins last year. Uh, their lineup, third baseman, Brian Hayes, first baseman, Yoshi Shutsugo, uh, center fielder, Brian Reynolds, DH, Daniel Vogelback, right fielder, Anthony Alford, left fielder, Ben Gamble, uh, catcher, Roberto Perez, uh, second baseman, Cole Tucker, shortstop, Kevin Newman. Their pitching staff is Jose Quintana, JT Brubaker, Zach Thompson, Bryce Wilson, and Mitch Keller. Their closer, David Bednar. Um, are they, are they going to have any shot at doing anything good in real life baseball this year? Um, I think it'll be tough. I think in a ways they're a lot like the Reds trying to rebuild. I don't know if they have enough. Now, again, they will have to depend on young players and maybe somebody can help them win a few games, but I think it's going to be, it should be a tough year for them. Yeah. Let's talk fantasy wise. There's not a whole lot else to say about them in real life. Uh, a lot of guys like Brian Reynolds, the center fielder, a lot of guys are, are very high on Brian Reynolds. I'm not, I'm not big on the Pittsburgh, you know, uh, at all. <laughs> so who do you like fantasy-wise from Pittsburgh? Yeah, Brian Reynolds. That's the only guy I've got down for Pittsburgh to look at. And, and, uh, you know, I'd start with and I'll keep an eye on him. Yeah, I mean, Brian Hayes at third base, there's potential. Again, he's young, he's talented, could possibly do something. The guy that I like uh, is Ben Gamble. He played in Milwaukee, so I have saw him plenty. Um, he's got a lot of talent, a lot of, a lot of pop in his bat as well. 
Uh, it'll be interesting to see what he does with, with as much playing time as he should be getting in Pittsburgh. But I don't think I'm drafting anybody from Pittsburgh. Brian Reynolds is going to go way before I'm willing to take a shot at him. Um, he's, again, people are ranking him. Some people are ranking him in the top 10, top 15 outfielders. and I'm just not there at this point there either. Uh, J2 Brewbreaker, the pitcher, I'm watching him. I, I've had him before fantasy-wise. Uh, you know, depending, but the team is going to have to help them. So that's where I have to wait and see what's going to happen there. Pittsburgh, 61 wins last year. Their win total this year, 64 and a half, up three and a half games. 64 and a half Pittsburgh, over or under? Um, I'll go over just a little bit because hopefully they're a little bit improved. Well, hopefully they're not. Uh, so I'm going to go under on that one there. Final team in the Central. St. Louis Cardinals, 90 wins last year. Their lineup, second baseman Tommy Edmond, first baseman Paul Goldschmidt, left fielder Tyler O'Neill, third baseman Nolan Arenado, right fielder Dylan Carlson, catcher Yanier Molina, still around, DH Corey Dickerson, shortstop Paul DeYoung, uh, center fielder Harrison Bader. Their pitching staff is Adam Wainwright, Miles Mikolas, uh, Stephen Matz, Dakota Hudson, Jake Woodford, Jack Flaherty, normally top of the rotation. He's injured. Uh, their closer is Giovanni Gallegos. Gallegos. Uh, I'm not sure you say that that name. Um, I think St. Louis is the biggest threat for Milwaukee, but I don't think they're a huge threat for Milwaukee. What are your thoughts? Um, I think Milwaukee should be better than them, but again, their record could be good because again, they're in a weak division, and if they can beat everybody else, um, then again, I think you know they could. I don't know if I don't think they win the division, but they could be a wild card team because the weak division should help them. They have some good players, uh, and I, I don't know a lot about their pitching staff. To me, that's a little, maybe a little bit of a question, but um, they definitely got some good you know hitters. You know, I did this, uh, my work on them before Albert, Albert Pujols resigned with the Cardinals. Uh, can Albert Pujols give them anything? Oh, yeah, he can give them something, especially with the DH position, but he's not what he used to be, obviously. Everybody knows that. What about Yadier Molina? I mean, he should have retired, in my opinion. I think he's going to hurt the team more than help the team. Do you agree with that thought? Yes, I think he could be a guy that stayed around um, a little too long. Okay. All right. Uh, who do you like fantasy-wise in St. Louis? Well, I mean, you've got some good players there. You've got, um, you know, Ariando, um, Goldschmidt, you know, is good. I think O'Neal, Edmonds deals a lot of bases. I think Carlson's an interesting guy, maybe later in the, as you need an outfielder. So those are all guys I'll, I'll keep an eye on. Yeah, Tyler O'Neill's definitely getting the most attention. Paul Goldschmidt's pretty, very solid, been around for a while, pretty consistent first baseman. Nolan Arenado is a very good third baseman. Dylan Carlson's a guy, Dad, that a lot of people are saying bust this year. They think he's going to be really, really bad uh, this year. For that reason, it kind of perks me up thinking, hey, I think I might like Dylan Carlson. Uh, he might be a good value pick if everybody else is undervaluing him. Uh, you might be able to get him late in the draft and actually come out pretty well there. Uh, Pitching-wise, not a huge fan of this pitching staff. Flaherty's the guy I like in St. Louis, but he's injured and not pitching to start the season. Wainwright is old. Uh, Mikolas, is, he did not do well last year, but I, he has the potential. Maybe he has a bounce-back season. I don't know uh, from there. But O'Neal's the big guy that everybody's going for this year with St. Louis. 
St. Louis had 90 wins last year. Their win total this year is 86, down four wins from last year, uh, over under 86 wins for St. Louis. Um, I think I'll go. I think they'll do well, but I'll go under 86. You know, I was leaning that way too, Dad. I think that 84 to 88 range is kind of where they're going to be sitting at, uh, right around that 86 mark. So I'm going to go, I guess, over just again with how bad the division is. Uh, I think we're in agreement. Milwaukee wins the NL Central. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, so Milwaukee and Chicago White Sox, uh, clear favorites in the division. And uh, both of them should have very good seasons as well. All right, I want to remind people today's episode is presented by Shocked Energy. Go to shockedenergy.com. Use the code STOVE, S-T-O-V-E, to get 10% off your purchase. We thank Shocked Energy for jumping on board with the Sports Stove Podcast. Dad, let's move on to the final four. Uh, Boy, I'm just not excited about it. I don't like three of the teams in the final four. Uh, I don't love Villanova, but I like him a whole lot better than Duke, North Carolina, and Kansas. Uh, just uh, unless you have something you want to wax eloquent on with it, uh, who who's your pick for the games? You got North Carolina versus Duke. Who are you going with there? Um, I that's a tough one because um, Carolina has played better lately. Obviously, Duke's going to have a lot of emotion as, as far as Coach K's last game and. Um, as much as I wouldn't be excited about it, I probably would pick Duke, even though I'll probably be for Carolina, and you know that's a rare thing for me. But um, I, I, I think Duke – I'll have to pick Duke. Had Carolina not embarrassed Duke in the final regular season game, I might <laughs> go Carolina here. But I'm going to go Duke. I think Duke avenges their, their loss there late in the season to North Carolina. Then you got Villanova and Kansas. You know I am anti-Bill Self. Uh, so I'm going Villanova in this one. Who are you going with? I'm going with Villanova because I, I think when I saw the final four, Villanova's a team that I think will win, and I would that's who I'd be for. All right. And then uh, let's see here. We'll have another episode before the finals, so we will not pick a champion just yet. Uh, moving on to the NFL, a little bit of news uh, this, this past week. Let's start with uh, the Rams. They continue to find money somewhere. I'm not sure where they get it at. Bobby Wagner comes over from Seattle, signs with the Rams uh, to continue just to give some incredible players on this team. Uh, my goodness, how do the Rams do this? Um, I, you know, I, <laughs> I, I have no idea. But um, of course, you know, they got rid of Von Miller, so or didn't resign him. So, um, but yeah, getting Wagner is very. You know, very interesting. Um, I I think this is going to be a little bit, it looks to me like a little bit of a Brett Favre thing. When Favre left, he wanted to be sure he was on a team that played the Packers twice. And I think the you know, fact that the Rams are going to play the Seahawks twice was um, helped them get Wagner. Maybe. I can understand why you say that. I also think that the fact that they are, Super Bowl champions and didn't lose some of their main key players might play a role in that as well. Uh, chance to win a Super Bowl for Bobby Wagner again, he would he would definitely appreciate that. The bigger news, Dad, came out this week. Tampa Bay Buccaneers announced Bruce Arians is being promoted to the front office, of resigned or retired as coach. Todd Bowles steps in as head coach. 
do you think Tom Brady knew about this before he decided to come back? Uh, yes. Yeah, I, I think Tom Brady definitely keeps up on what's going on. Now, again, a lot of speculation going on, and I don't know that we'll ever know exactly what happened. Uh, but a lot of speculation that his trip to London probably had some discussion about this. We don't know if that's true or not. Um, but um, my guess is, yes, he did. Okay, hang on a sec. Uh, so you're saying Tom Brady had a role in this this move? Um, I would guess that's very possible. Uh, Tom Brady controls most everything that he does, and I think there's a good possibility of that. Okay, so there's a possibility, but you're not saying. See, I, I, I'm with it. I think I don't know that Tom Brady demanded it. Uh, or anything like that, but I think he was for it. I think it was a, a move that he was for. At the end of the day, Tom Brady has pretty much control over the offense. Byron Leftwich still there, the offensive coordinator. Um, you know, as much as I think Brady liked Arian's personality better than than Bill Belichick's personality, I don't think he respects Arians the way that he respected Belichick uh, as well. And I think he has a lot of respect for Leftwich and for Bowles. So this move makes sense for a lot of different reasons. And Dad. I said this last year. I thought this was the kind of thing that maybe Kansas City would do. Andy Reid moving on from coaching and Bienemy stepping in as, as the as the head coach. Uh, but we see it in Tampa instead. Do you think this is something that needed to be done in Tampa? And then do you think it's something that should be done in Kansas City? Um. I don't know that it needed to be done in Tampa. Again, if Brady was involved in it, then yes, it, you know, it, it, it had to be done from there. I think the transition, you know, um, is good. If Bowles ends up being a good coach. Um, and again, I, you know, I think it'll be a couple of years before we know that there, but I think overall it will be good for Tampa. And, um, you know, again, I think Andy Reid's still a good coach. So I, I don't think it necessarily, I don't think it needs to be done there. Again, it's a little hard for me because, you know, I've never been a big Arians fan. Um, when I first heard the news, I thought, oh, this is great because anything that causes controversy in Tampa is a good thing. But I think actually this is going to be a good stabilizing thing uh, from there. I think, you know, Brady will have control of things much like he did before. And it'd be good for Bowles because um, I think it can be a learning thing um, from there. So I think they probably will have, um, you know, should have a pretty good relationship there. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Bowles, when he was a head coach in, in the Jets, you know, he's got to be looking at this situation going, thank God that there is Tom Brady and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and this offensive line and this defense is like, this is not the Jets. And now I get an opportunity to at least get some, some, uh, uh, you know, hashes in the W column, uh, to go on my resume moving forward as well. I'm sure he's very, very pleased about that. Uh, Dad, that's everything on my list. Oh, yeah, go ahead. It'll be everything. It'll be interesting to see what goes on with Arians um, because, you know, the first comments were, hey, I'm still working every day. I'm still going to be real involved in this, you know, and everything there. Um, yeah. I'm going to guess as soon as he starts to get involved, it's going to be, hey, you've got a nice office. Just stay in there and you'll be okay. Yeah, he said, I can still come down to the field and cuss you out, which is just exactly yeah. what you want to hear from a front office guy. Um, yeah. All right. That's everything on my list. Dad, you got anything else to talk about tonight? 
Um, just I can add just a couple things. One, um, news that came out this week, um, very disappointed in the NFL for not choosing Green Bay for the 2024 draft site, um, and very surprised that they choose, chose Detroit. Um, part of it is because when they started this rotating the draft around, I thought I heard that this was going to be places that would not host a Super Bowl. And um, Detroit has hosted two Super Bowls. Of course, the first one was kind of a catastrophe, but the second one, I think, um, went well there. So, um, again, very disappointed in that. I always remember John Madden talking about uh, Lambeau Field being a shrine of professional football, and obviously Roger Goodell was not does not agree with that. So, um, really kind of surprised and disappointed. You know, I heard Mark Murphy say that, well, you know, they, he thinks they definitely will get one in 25 or 27. So, boy, that gives me real confidence. And Mark Murphy says that, no doubt about it, tongue-in-cheek. So, uh, very disappointed in that. Then the interesting well, news. Yeah, I'm sorry. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on. Uh, you got to let me comment on it. Okay. Um, so, Detroit gets the pick in the top five every year. So, that makes sense. Their fans would be excited to – uh, be at the draft and celebrate those early picks, whereas Green Bay picks in the bottom, you know, five most years. And so, you know, and understand it from a fan base uh, aspect of it, for sure. Uh, it is disappointing. It's one of those things where Green Bay, because they're not going to host a Super Bowl, it's just something that's a, it's a great way for people to see the history and the uh, the aura that is Lambeau Field and Green Bay, Wisconsin. It is, if you've never been there, and most people haven't, unless they're going for a football game, it is a very unique place uh, and a very unique town. And they did a lot of work uh, to kind of get ready for that draft. And uh, so hopefully they will get it soon. Okay, what else you got? Okay, the uh, I was interested to see that at the University of Michigan, at the Maize and Blue spring game coming up, they've, they've brought in an honorary captain. Oh very, very interesting. A famous Michigan alumni, a great American, and a good friend of Jim Harbaugh's. Well, at least he's a good friend of Jim Harbaugh's. One of three is not bad. I'm sure the Michigan fans are really excited, very proud, very supportive. As I look at it, you know, I'm glad they have the song Hail to the Victors that they can sing because I'm sure they will not be allowed to sing the national anthem. Wow. Okay. I didn't know we were going to go here today. I try to keep Colin Kaepernick out of any episode that I possibly can um, because I think he is a um, fake, a fraud. And uh, But yeah, I saw that too, Dad. Uh, and I, I actually wondered, does this help or hurt recruiting for Michigan? Um, you know, I, I don't know. If you you saw what it did to the ratings in the NFL, you know I understand what Harbaugh is doing. I understand the the you know the scheme that 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 it is, and the ploy that it is. But is there a chance this backfires on Michigan? Well, things Harbaugh have done have backfired before. So, yes, I would think there's potential for that. But obviously, he has some method to it. I was just shocked when I saw this. And I cannot believe that the bulk of the Michigan fans are excited about this at all because I, I, I don't think that's where they're at as far as being well, supportive of this. Yeah, it's not about the fans, though. It's about it's about recruiting. It's about it's, – it's a, it's a scheme. It's a ploy – 
to try to let players know that, uh, you know, that, that he is, that Jim Harbaugh is woke, that he is um, sympathetic, whatever it may be. Um, and again, listen, I don't think we've ever talked about this before and we're running out of time, but I'm not against the, the thing that has been talked about the most when it comes to what Colin Kaepernick was doing. Uh, I'm for reform. I'm for equality. I'm for um, police officers being held accountable. Um, but I am against everything else that Colin Kaepernick is. Uh, I, and you know, oh boy, we get into the deep weeds on this one, dad. And I haven't, didn't know we were going to talk about this. So I've not prepared to mince my words. Um, again, I think it's, I think it's a, a trick. I think it's a trick. Hardball is playing to try to, uh, to get some recruits. And I, I wonder if in turn, it actually hurts them more than it helps them. Uh, but again, I'm so anti Colin Kaepernick, the person Colin Kaepernick uh, that, you know, cause I think he's a fraud. I don't think he believes in everything that he says he does. I think he's just looking for publicity. And I think that he's found a way to, to keep the spotlight on him every now, every so often. So, um, boy, Whew. all right. Um, yeah, interesting, interesting for sure there that Michigan decided to do that. Har- Harbaugh decided to do that and, uh, we'll see if it, what it does, if anything, it may just, you know, blow away. Uh, you know, it might, it might, uh, it might be more like the, uh, scoreboard on the Michigan side during the Ohio state Michigan games. Uh, just a big zero who will see where it all shakes out, uh, there as well. All right. Dad came, came as a heavy hitter tonight. Uh, anything else? Uh, no, no, we're out of time. So, okay. All right. I want to remind people about our new sponsor, Shocked Energy. Again, it's an energy drink, low calories, no sugar. Uh, it comes in a packet, powder packet. You dump it in your water, shake it up, and you're good to go. Shocked Energy comes in two flavors right now, watermelon and green apple. And if you use the code STOVE, S-T-O-V-E, on shockedenergy.com, you can get 10% off your purchase. So there you go. All right, we will continue our Major League, actually conclude our Major League Baseball preview uh, next episode on Monday's episode as we look at the West Divisions. And, uh, of course, we'll talk about the NCAA Championship there as well. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Sports Stove Podcast. Until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove.